Hey, and welcome to the teaching podcast of Calvary Chapel, Newcastle. At Cows, we like to keep things simple. We are committed to verse-by-verse teaching through the Bible to help people know, love, and become fully committed followers of Jesus. It is our prayer and hope that this message challenges, encourages, and equips you to that end. For those of you, I think most of you know me, but if you don't, my name's Daniel. I'm one of the guys on the on the teaching team here, and I've got the privilege of continuing our journey through the book of Acts. Uh, so where we're at today is we're continuing this, this bit of a story and, and interaction, right? So Peter and, and John have, have healed this lame man, and Dave Dean kicked us off with that. And then John uh, continued uh, last week with this interaction with with the crowd as well that that Peter and John have right after witnessing this this healing Uh, John pointed out a a few things for us last week and just to refresh your memory John challenged us to be aware and be bold to be honest and to be hopeful and to be compassionate and passionate so again today we're, we're continuing that story right and and they're arrested these guys this week and they're questioned by these leaders. And ultimately, with influence and power, these guys want to silence them. They want to stop this message from going any further. And we're going to break it up uh, by asking four questions, right? First one is going to be, what audience? Who are Peter and John speaking to? And how does this inform their response? So what power and what name is number two? Whose name are they speaking and acting under, right? So what is, where is that coming from? What boldness? Where does their boldness come from? What is that? And what authority, under whose authority are Peter and John submitted as they speak? I want to pray for us, and then we'll get stuck in. Lord God, um, as we just sang, we want to be surrendered to you, and we want to be surrendered to the authority of your word. Uh, Father God, teach us now from your word, Uh, keep my lips from error, open our hearts and our minds to what it is that you want to teach us, God. Uh, May we not walk out of this place unchanged, uh, but changed in a way where we can serve you more, love you deeper, and love one another better. So God, help us to do that in Jesus' name. I want to tell you or read you a story. And this uh, story is about a man, and his name is Zadok. I want to give you a little bit of an insight into what he's thinking and and into his mind. So waking in the morning, before Zadok even set his feet on the soft rug on his elegantly tiled floor, he thought of the things that he might do that day. See, the life of Zadok as, as a Sadducee was busy, though he daily reaped the rewards. He had a beautiful home, it was elegantly furnished, he had a fertile farmland and people to work it. He was also very respected by his peers. As he lay there in his bed, quite comfortable, considering his day, he thought, first stop, of course, the temple, right? While there, he's going to review some finances and, and see what's happening. Zadok was in charge of ensuring that the common Jew paid their tithe, and brought the purest of sacrifices, obeying the law of Moses to the T. He didn't, if he was going to be honest with himself, 
really care about the meaning of the sacrifice, but it brought income to the temple, and it sure did line his pocket. While at the temple, he would also check in on those Pharisees, right? To make sure that they were keeping to the teaching of the Torah only. And he was in for probably some heated debates, which he was probably looking forward to. Zadok often wondered how these Jews could even consider themselves followers of Yahweh when they often taught other texts such as the Psalms. After the temple duties were done, Zadok's next job would be to head over to the Roman quarter to visit Pontius Pilate, taking the back streets, of course, just in case there were some judging eyes. This agreement I have with Pontius is a temporary necessity, Zadok reflected. Although he's nothing but a filthy Gentile, he gives me the possibility of rising up the ranks. With him backing me, I have influence and power within the order and the community. Zadok was pleased, for the most part, with, the things, with how things were going with Rome. He relished again in the fact that Rome allowed him and his fellow Sadducees to go about their business, which had resulted in setting him up as quite wealthy and influential. He thought again about what he had to discuss with Pilate. What was that? That's right. This Jesus of Nazareth and his followers. Zadok uh, thought to himself again, Jesus was put to death. And that should have stopped this nonsense about a Messiah. Don't these people understand their so-called Messiah? He's dead. Zadok recalled the time they had challenged Jesus on the resurrection, giving him a parable about marriage and and death. He thought it was quite good. But Jesus' response rang over in his mind. Jesus' response, Is this not the reason you are wrong? Because you, have now, because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God? For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as for the dead being raised, have you not read in the book of Moses, in the passage about the bush, how God spoke to him saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are quite wrong. Zadok shook himself from his thoughts, infuriated, again thinking of it, that Jesus had told him that they were wrong, especially on the teachings of Moses. Thinking of Jesus' death and resurrection, Zadok's mind turned to Jesus' followers. They had been growing in number. They were teaching the same things as Jesus, and now people are saying they're performing miracles? Just the other day, in fact, Zadok had been informed about this man named Peter. He had healed someone that had been lame from birth. Miracles are not possible. All this talk of Jesus rising from the dead is is utterly outrageous. Zadok quickly rose from his bed, determined to put an end to these followers of Jesus. So we see here today in in chapter 4, the Sadducees show up in force, right? To greet Peter and John. They come along with, with others. I hope my little story helped uh, to give a picture of what the Sadducees believed and why they were angry with, with Peter and John and also give more insight into the way that Peter responds to them later on. The Sadducees were not the only people, right, uh, that show up to arrest and, and question them. The priests, the Sadducees, the captain of the guard, all there in verse 1, rulers, elders, scribes, verse 5, 
Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John and Alexander of the high priestly family, all there in Acts 4.6. Seems a bit excessive when I was thinking about it. Were Peter and John being violent? No. Had Peter and John committed a crime? No. Had they even broken temple law? No. What did they do? Through faith, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, a man was healed, as we learnt in chapter 3. This drew a crowd. And then last week, again, John, he talked to us. And if you look at verse 11 of chapter 3, it tells us that all the people ran together to where Peter and John were. Right, so they've drawn a crowd. And do you remember how they addressed the crowd? They pointed them to Jesus, resulting in what? People getting saved. And this causes a problem for our audience that we have in chapter 4 today. Why? Because it threatened their pride, position, power, and the beliefs that they had. On the 21st of August, 1835, the New York Sun published a series of articles about the discovery of life on the moon. These were falsely attributed to a well-known astronomer of the time named Sir John Herschel. This article reported that Herschel had made these discoveries using new hydro-oxygen magnifiers and went on to describe in believable scientific detail how the discovery was made. Bizarre life forms, inhabitants of the moon were described painting this fantastical picture. The article uh, snippet reads, of animals, he classified nine species of Amalia and five of Ovipara. Among the former is a small kind of reindeer, the elk, the moose, the horned bear, and a biped beaver. The last resembles the beaver of the earth in every other respect than its lack of a tail. And in its invariable habit of walking upon two feet, it carries its young in its arms like a human being and moves with ease, ease gliding motion. Right? And the heading read, Great Astronomical Discoveries Lately Made, The Sun, Thursday, August 27, 1835. Shortly after uh, accomplishing their goal of adding many subscribers to their newspaper that August, the paper quietly announced in September, it was just a hoax. Like the Sun newspaper, right, the, the leaders of the time wanted everyone only to prescribe to what they believed and the information that they had and that they were putting out, right? Even if this was false. Have you ever held on to, to something or defended your view when you knew you were wrong because of pride, position, power, or a certain belief? I think there's something to consider and something important for us to, to reflect on. So what's, what was the audience? Peter and John knew that who they are speaking to, right? They knew their audience. And they could have been silenced by them in fear. But as we will see, they speak the name of Jesus boldly to them. Next, what power or what name? 7 through 12. So people are responding to the gospel, right? The church is growing. Opposition is building. And Peter and John have been arrested. And that question comes, by what power or by what name did you do this? The growth of these followers of Jesus is so frustrating to these guys. They thought that once that Jesus was crucified and killed, the followers would die out. Remember the Sadducees, they didn't believe in the resurrection and they didn't believe in miracles. 
and they intended to put a stop to this movement by getting to the source. If we can just stop or we can just disprove this movement from the core, then we'll be set. We can go back to our comfortable life and our comfortable way of existence and we'll be fine. But Peter's response to this, it's powerful. And I want to look at it in two parts. Part one, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. Firstly, notice one of the, the key themes that we have now in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit, right? Everything changes when the Spirit shows up. Do you remember when, when Peter was uh, challenged by a young girl just after Jesus was arrested? What did he do? Anybody? Yeah. He denied Jesus three times. But here, in our passage today, Peter is bold in his faith, and he is filled with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come and has been given, but Peter is showing that he needs to be filled again with the Holy Spirit. Friends, if you are a believer here today, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. But we can also resist the Spirit. We're going to see later in, in Acts chapter 7, before Stephen is stoned, right? He addresses those, those around him, calling them stiff-necked and resisting the Spirit. As we have talked about in, in previous passages, one of the purposes of the Spirit is to empower us to be a witness. I believe that you and I, though, can resist the Spirit and what He wants to do in a situation. I remember Dave Dean spoke to us a few weeks ago about seeing a focused looking, a longing, a willful, intentional, high, heart and mind engaged looking. Friends, may we be people that are open to the Spirit so that we can see with focus on God's will for the situation, having our hearts and minds engaged. Peter only, uh, not only saw the lame man and what he needed and what would bring glory to God, but in this situation, the Spirit allows him to see and speak the right words to those around him. The power uh, of the Spirit moves Peter to challenge those around him. His uh, initial answer kind of is, feels a little bit sarcastic, right? If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, well, let me tell you, it a bit, reminds me, right, of, of Jesus in, in Matthew 12, uh, 10 through 14. Let me read it for you. A man was there whose hand was withered, and they questioned Jesus, asking, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so that they, so that they might accuse him? And he, Jesus, said to them, what man is there among you who has a sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will he not hold, off, uh, hold, sorry, hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable then is a man than a sheep? So then, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, and it was restored normal like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him as how they might destroy him. Right? It's a good deed done. Someone is healed. And yet those in power keep getting upset about it. 
and they want to know who is ultimately responsible for this. And Peter, not mincing his words, lays it out for them. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. We just read in Matthew, and this is only one of the places, right, that they wanted to destroy Jesus. Essentially, Peter is saying, what man meant for evil in him being unwell, God meant for good. What you continually keep trying to stamp out, God is growing. The power you denied now dwells in us. Does Peter leave it there? No, he continues. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Peter here quotes Psalm 118, 22. And again, he's not shy in, uh, in just saying it how it is, right? Psalm 118, 19 through 23 says, Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them, and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Jesus equals cornerstone. The Jews, religious leaders, the builders. This may be new or strange language or even very familiar language for some of you. See, the cornerstone was the foundational, truing stone. Upon and based on this stone, all others would be laid. If this stone was, was off, the entire building was cactus. These men that Peter was addressing either thought that the Messiah was still to come because, hey, Jesus, he didn't defeat Rome, did he? Or, if you were a Sadducee, you probably believed that the Messiah had already come during the Maccabean period. Either way, Peter says, and this is the important part, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. He's simply saying, there's no works, there's no amount of money, nothing you can do, there's no other saviour, Jesus of Nazareth, whom is the Christ, is the cornerstone upon which salvation comes, and there is no other way to be saved. He's being straightforward with these guys, filled with the power of the Spirit. Salvation or God, it, it's, it's, not a, it's not a mountain with everyone finding their own little path. Matthew seven thirteen through 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate that is narrow and the way that is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. So by what power is this, is this man healed? Through the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth who provides the only way for salvation. Next, what boldness. I want you to, to notice there in 13 to, to 14, the insight that, that Luke uh, gives regarding uh, the Sadducees and, and the religious leaders, right? First they saw, then they perceived and were astonished, and then they recognized. Let's have a look at these few things. 
I hope it fit all in there. There was a few slides where the verse was really long. Anyway, um, so first they saw. They saw the boldness of Peter and John, right? This scenario may not be something that we're faced with exactly in the sense that we have some of the most powerful people of our time uh, rocking up to arrest us and, and question us on our faith. That might come one day. I don't know. But friends, if we walk with God and are being led by the Spirit, we will be questioned on what we believe. And the challenge comes. Back to Peter's contrast, right? Will we, like Peter, when questioned by a girl in the courtyard, deny Christ? Or will we be bold like Peter is here? We have that same spirit indwelling in us. Next, they perceived and were astonished, right? They perceived that they were uneducated and unlearned. You see the bit of a turned up nose here, right? Peter and John may have been common fishermen, but they knew the scriptures. Someone already pointed out in, in a previous sermon in this series that, um, you know, synagogue was required three times a day, right? They, they knew the scriptures, but not only that, uh, whether it doesn't matter if you're a common man or not, there was scriptures, prayers, laws that needed to be memorized and recited. Peter and John had performed a miracle. They had made it clear it was the power of Jesus that healed this man. They confronted the religious leaders on their hand in having crucified Jesus. They had proclaimed that God had raised Jesus from the dead. They had proved from the scriptures that Jesus is the foundation of uh, salvation, right? And that the builders, the religious leaders, had rejected him. It's not a simple task, so to speak. And what are the thoughts? What, where, where does the mind of, of these guys go? These high and mighty leaders, what, what do they think when, when they see and, and hear all this stuff being done? They go, huh, they're pretty bold for being uneducated, right, and common. How arrogant. Friends, there will be different responses when Jesus is presented. The response, it's not up to us. The boldness, it's not even our own. Galatians 5.25 tells us that if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. You and I, we're called to live and walk in the Spirit. The response is not up to us, and the boldness, it's not up to, our own, up to us. Next, they, they recognized, right? They recognized what? That they had been with Jesus. This is the clincher, right? The actions of, of Peter and John, it didn't prove that they were super educated uh, or had high status or that they had the power in and of themselves. But what it showed is that they had been with Jesus. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. And John 13, 35 says, By this all people know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. These are such good passages. Peter and John, you and I, friends, we are God's handiwork created to do good. And we just have to walk in that. Simple, right? Not at all. But not only that, 
the way that we love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, it shows that we belong to Jesus. Peter and John, filled by the Spirit, same Spirit you and I have, Peter and John, filled by the Spirit, were walking and talking and loving and serving like who? Jesus. What's your walk like? What's my walk and talk like? Do people even see the difference? I said earlier that the, the boldness was not our own. So how do we do it? Romans eight twenty six through 27. Speaking of prayer, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. That passage in Romans might be talking about prayer, but we also see that the Spirit intercedes for God's people in line with God's will. The Spirit intercedes for us, comes in for us, and in line with our will? No, in line with God's will. So what boldness? The boldness that was given by the Spirit led people to recognize that these men had been with Jesus. And they couldn't deny, right? We read it. They couldn't deny that the miracle had occurred. Our last point is, is what authority, right? I'm going to first go to Matthew 16, 1 through 4. The Pharisees and the Sadducees came to test them. They asked him to show them a sign of Jesus from heaven. And he answered them, When it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be stormy today for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. So he left them and departed. In Matthew 6, the Sadducees asked Jesus for a sign, and he pointed them to the sign of Jonah, his resurrection. But now, here in the book of Acts, Jesus has risen from the dead. He's appeared to many people. His disciples are now preaching and doing miracles in his name. And how do the religious leaders respond? They meet, Alicia read it for us, they meet quietly and agree that something significant's happened. Can't deny that. Then realizing everyone else has noticed, they want to silence them so not to lose their reputation. And they threaten Peter and John. Don't talk about it. How did Peter, <laughs> how did Peter and John respond? Again, with boldness. And go straight to the heart of, of the issue. They could have stood there and argued about it all day. But what does he say? Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you must judge. For we cannot speak, we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. The leaders might have gone away and quietly discussed what they would do with Peter and John and about this uprising, so to speak. But Peter sees straight through it. 
he sees that they cared more about man's opinion and what man had to say and their own personal status and their own position and their pride and their power and all the rest of it. They cared more about all those things than about God's opinion and God's word. And they say, we cannot but speak what we have seen and heard. And how are the people responding? Did you see there in in, in 21b? The people obviously felt the same way, right, as Peter and John, because it caused them to praise God. They've seen miraculous things, and it caused them to praise God. How do you respond? How do I respond? Because I can guarantee you that God is trying to teach you or trying to show you something. He may have laid out all the signs for you. He may have laid out all the facts for you, prompted you numerous times by the Spirit. You might have great knowledge of the Word of God like these leaders would. But like these Sadducees and and leaders, are you hardening your heart to what God is trying to show you? Or like the psalmist, can you say in Psalm 143.10, Teach me to do your will. For you are my God, let your good spirit lead me on level ground. The contrast here in this passage is night and day. The Sadducees and elders cared about their own authority and the words of man. Peter and John cared about God's word that he gave them to speak. So what authority do you choose? Your own? Only being guided by the words that affirm your own rule and self-sovereignty that you think you have? Or is it God's authority? Is that what you hold to? Is that what you look to? So where did we go? What audience, right, in verses 1 through 6? Friends, may we know our audience and speak the truth of Christ, no matter the impact on our reputation. That's a huge challenge, and that challenge is only getting bigger. I'm challenged by that all the time. What power, what name, verses 7 through 12? The message we proclaim, friends, is the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who provides the only way for salvation. There is no other. And what boldness? Verses 13 through 14. The boldness to share the message of salvation. It's not our own, but it's enabled through us by the filling of the Holy Spirit. And may that boldness show that we have been with Jesus. And what authority? Lastly, 15 through 22. May you and I, friends, be submitted to God's authority and have an attitude and a posture of heart that cannot help but speak the things of God. Right? And as we do that, that should lead those around us to worship and praise Him. That's the goal. We want to see people come into God's kingdom. We want to be men and women who proclaim God's word. Friends, it's not our message. It's his. We've been privileged with it. We haven't been left on our own to deliver that message. We have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to do so. Friends, we have the Spirit living in us. Let's not resist what the spirit wants to do in a situation but let's be submitted to that let me pray for us
Good God, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you that it teaches us. Lord, thank you that it guides us. Father, we cannot represent you well on our own, so thank you so much for the spirit that dwells in us. Father, I pray that the words that come out of our mouth would honor you, the works of our hands would please you. God, I pray that by the things that we do and we say and the lives that we live, that people wouldn't be drawn to us just saying, oh, that's a good person, but be drawn to you. Lord, we want people to know you and we want people to love you and serve you. God, so help us to be good ambassadors for you. God, may we honour you in word and deed. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the teaching podcast of Calvary Chapel, Newcastle. If you'd like to check out more of our teachings, please visit ccn.org.au forward slash teachings.